flood of memories hitting my head this past week. I'm just a reminiscing kind of guy, right? So I, I thought about this one time when I was a kid, like the first time I ever asked a girl out. And, you know, I was trying to be all slick, right? Slick and confident. And I was like, hey, girl, why don't you just give me one good reason why we shouldn't go out? And she's like, oh, because you're ugly and you dress like a loser and you're dumb and also you're ugly. And I'm like, damn, girl, I just said one good reason. Just, oh, just one. <laughs> man, that was pretty harsh. Kids Wait, are was, rough, this your, was this in your, your Fred Durst phase? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to go in something like me. Like me. Like that was it's you singing. <laughs> that was you singing as you walked away. <laughs> That's thinking right. that it would help to, like, revive your coolness. But mm -hmm. no, he's, I, I just said, like, no, I'm going to repress this memory for, like, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it up on episode 450. My Is that where gosh. we're on? We're on 450 dude. now, dude. I'm scared. Congratulations, I mean, Adam. Shane Told hasn't made this many episodes. He's only in the 300s for crying <laughs> out loud. What a loser. He's what never going to catch up to us. We're yeah. going to have so many yeah. breaks, and he's still never going to catch up to us. <laughs> exactly. We, good thing we don't have to worry about talking to other famous people. I know. That would he's, like, ruin he's, our entire cred. He's dried up the well of all of his friends. So he just has no more episodes coming out now. I know. I love when he interviews somebody and it's obvious that he's never talked to this person like ever. Oh, right. So yeah. I, I was reviewing your Wikipedia and you guys released an album in 2018. Really? I had no idea. Like it's, it's so bizarre, but other ones, like, I guess he's been friends with for some time. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the show was a great novelty lead singer syndrome of you've, if, if you know, if you guys don't know what, what we're talking about, like it was a great novelty when it first started because you know he has camaraderie with these guys. Like these are just his right. friends that he 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 talks to normally. He's gone on tour with them. He's been friends with them for a long time, and it's, it it makes for a great show because we just, you get to hear just two friends talking, and they just both right. happen to be musicians. Right. I mean, great people who never had anything befall them after some years <laughs> after the podcast yeah maybe some of those episodes haven't uh, aged well if you know what i mean but uh, maybe there's a few i don't know maybe <laughs> I think there's a tyler carter episode somewhere in there <laughs> <laughs> man it's it's sad to go back and listen to old podcasts of ours where we're like saying positive things about people whose lives and choices made them fall <laughs> off the face of the planet. Yep. <laughs> so don't go back to 2014. That's all I got to say. It, yeah. T 2014 was a rough year. If you're looking for artists who are not problematic, <laughs> man, it's like, you know, who's going to go places Omarosa with their 2014 <laughs> album. I mean, this band seems to be turning the corner here. I think yeah. if they just keep keep stuff going, they're, they're going to be all right. Keep it up, Johnny Craig. <laughs> Bradley Waldron. <laughs> Brad, Bradleyson. I know. Yeah, Omarosa just makes pests. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, man. Um, but no, we, you and I, we're, we're, we're counting down to the end of the year here. I'm so excited. I only got a handful of albums left for yeah. the rest of the year. There's a lot of October albums, that's for sure. Yeah, October is going to be a busy month for sure. So, you know, what we're doing today is we're just kind of, you know, since we took a break, uh, we are catching up on some track-by-track uh, -track reviews of some prominent albums that we would like to discuss in more detail. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the album that's going to single-handedly destroy 
our Discord server. This is the I have to hold on, I have to read this. The Noble yes. Art of Self-Destruction, but the third album by Holding Absence. Uh yes. this was a highly anticipated album from all of us because their second album from 2021 uh the greatest mistake the greatest mistake I, I knew that hey shut it i knew it i'm tired all right i could tell by your look that there was just a flat of like oh god that, that album that i loved buffering no idea what it's called yeah what's that what's that one of my favorite albums of all time what is that name? i want to say mistake like a mistake that like a brother and sister singing a love <laughs> duet with each other. Like that's, that's a mistake. What you doing even though, there, step bro. <laughs> <laughs> even though it's a great song. It's still, oh, yeah. when you find out that it's a sister, it changes things, but it's still you have great. To get that out of your mind. Yeah. Just like when you're watching those step bro and step sis videos, <laughs> like, Oh, they're not actually related. These are just not actors actually. playing a role for a right. kink that it's, it's gone fantasy. out of. Yeah. It's that's, that's gone out of control. Yeah. Right. And out of style, I think, because yeah. people shouldn't watch that. <laughs> people shouldn't have done that in the first place, but whatever. Kink, kinky to, people are going to kink, I guess. You have to turn down the sound <laughs> and just enjoy the visual aspect of it and not listen to the Are the, you talking about dialogue. music videos? What are you talking what? about? I'm talking about music videos. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. So much incest music videos out there. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting album to talk about today. Uh, we, we have a bit of a weird history with uh, Omarosa as listening fans. Uh, Adam, would you like to get into it a little bit? Omarosa? Yeah, Omarosa. Exactly. <laughs> Holding absence, I mean. <laughs> um yeah i mean it was all dave's fault that brought us into this mess yeah and former former podcast host current uh motorsport superstar dave blevins he you know <laughs> he's he, he we get a lot of recommendations from him some of them don't always hit but my gosh when they hit oh my god they hit hard uh so i hard. think holding absence was one of those bands back in 2019 i think those their uh, yeah. uh self-titled album and uh yeah i mean he was excited about this band he decided to share his love for it with us. And uh, boy, did that fall flat. <laughs> it kind of did. I can't remember how it got brought up to us. Like, I don't remember him sending us a message or talking about it on his show that may have been still having episodes at that point or what, but we listened I don't to think it. We had a discord at that point either. So I think we might, no. this might've been a Facebook thing. It must've been. So I, yeah, I don't remember why we listened to it and it must've just been his hype. And it was a very, poor album you know it was one of my worst of the year obviously one of your flushes of the year um but as as the saying goes i said this band has potential correct mike said probably not yeah i mean i went hard on on my dislike of that album like it was like it was 2019 the the term dopey was used a lot during (laughs) yeah the the dopey ass band with their dopey ass name and like and by 2019 I was like so frustrated and disheartened by like scene music because the because the the genre is just refusing to evolve. They keep right. catering to the Mike, same fans who keep asking for the same album over and over again. And this was just another Mike, example of that. You wrote a uh, response. You wrote a letter to the scene. I did at the end of the year. And I, I think wrote, holding absence that letter titled album was the straw that broke the camel's back on that one. That's surprising. That, that's, I, I never thought that that was like the the reason. You were just like, "That's it. I need to write a letter that they'll hear and they'll yeah. understand." 
and they got then, the letter and the scene changed for the better it changed i mean it shut down yeah and a lot for a little of, while that bad, was my fault <laughs> and a lot of bad people lost a lot of credibility correct yeah. i mean I, I at this point i have to thank the letter for that it yeah. doesn't mean that the the music i mean some of the music got better but now <laughs> now we're we're in this phase of like all of the bands what they wrote during that time are starting and, to come out now and you know there's not very much to be no it's still the same boring shit. <laughs> <laughs> um but at least for this band they took your words to heart oh yeah and and doubled down they took my constructive criticism and they were like oh you think we're a the we're th- you think we're a bland boring band in a dying scene well let me show you this motherfucker and right. 2021 comes along the greatest mistake of all my life my god that's an all-timer bro I think so. I mean, it took me a while to let it like settle in. It was like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it was a grower mm. for me. Um, I, I didn't get it at first because again, I wasn't ready to accept that this band could <laughs> right, have this kind of potential. I wanted to be right there with Mike, um, even though I thought they could evolve. Um, and also you guys were hyping it way too early. Like the first, the, the album came out, I think in September you guys were hyping the first single like, oh my God, this is like song of the year. And I'm like, it's the first single and it wasn't even the best song on the album <laughs> in hindsight. But man, you guys were just like, like dripping. So for, little for correction. Track. So the album came out in April. Uh, and yes, oh, that, 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 that first, <laughs> that first single, Like a Shadow, um, that was the song that like, even I was going to skip. No, no, no. Like, it was No More Roses was the first single. Oh, was it? Okay. Like like a shadow ended up being the huge standout. I mean, one of the huge standouts. Uh, That's right. Yeah. That no more roses, one word. Uh yes. and then you're yeah, you're right. That that song came out and our friends were like, Hey, this is this song's actually great. And I was like already mm-hmm. all out on this band. I'm like, fuck in my head I was like, fuck this band, fuck right. their songs. This this band's right. going nowhere. And then it just on a because I was bored one afternoon or whatever. I think I just decided to catch up on singles that were being recommended to us. So I listened to it. And I'm like, oh, actually, this is this is a really good song. <laughs> and even I listened to it that day because of the hype. And I yeah. and I was just like, this is bland and boring. But you know, it took the time. It took the permeation. Mm-hmm. It was like a like sitting in a crock pot. Slow cooker. That's what we're having Slow for dinner cooker. today, too. By the way, there you go. It's no yeah. more roses. That's that's what I'm feeding to my family. Yeah good no more roses in your dinner um but yeah and then like a shadow when that one hit i remember that one really hit for me probably like fourth or fifth listen nice and i was like oh this this is a potential kind of thing and yeah it just grew and then the, the what was the, the second to last tracker the, the, the tearjerker i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head here oh boy let me let me find it i've got i've got spoots open Spoots save us here. We're trying to do a show. I know. Let's pull up the greatest mistake of all. Morning song. It was was that the one featuring his sister? No, that's "Die Alone in Your Lover's Arms." That's there uh, track go. nine. There, there you go. Yeah, that was the song that killed it for us, right? Mm. I mean, it was one of my top songs of the year, I believe. Yeah, or at it, least it, in my top twenty. One of my favorite songs of all time, too. Like to this day, like if my Spotify DJ plays that song or I'm plus re I'm re-listening to this album because it's so great. That song still makes me cry. The, the concept of that song is so beautifully done. It's a song mm. about differing perspectives, uh, loves that were never be and the, and how 
a husband and an aging husband and wife like deal with that uh with that news and it's just so mm. beautiful it's not a song i relate to but it's just a song that i sympathize with and it's just so fucking uh perfect execution like one of the best songs i've ever heard in my life man yeah somehow it didn't make it into my top 12 though afterlife track three was my number eight song of the year mm-hmm. so yeah somehow it didn't make it into my top like 20 so anyway i still love it <laughs> <It's> still <laughs> anyway good. this album's great <laughs> <laughs> it's still pretty good so that's yeah surprising that it's been two years already yeah, I know. It doesn't it's feel like, like it's been that long. In between then, they also released like a split EP with Alpha Wolf, uh, the, the oh. most macho fucking band out there with their fucking macho guitars and their macho stupid lyrics. Um, yeah. I mean, like the, the songs on the, there were fine. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they were fine. That's good. Yeah. I, I so, felt yeah. like they were probably just like B-sides of um, Greatest Mistake. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it didn't get me like hyped for anything new. I just thought it was like a little one-off thing. Um, again, likely B-sides. But then that kind of fast-forwards us now to the noble art of self-destruction. In my head, I'm still saying act. Uh, the noble art of self-destruction. Uh, we got 10 tracks here, new album, follow-up to an album that we both really, really love. Um, that kind of leaves us in a weird place with this. You know, it's always, it's always interesting when you're going into an album that's following up an album that you really 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 love right so it, it, it's it's you're, you're climbing a really really tall hill with this one through no fault of their own right they like they are the ones who set the expectations because they wrote a really good album so right you know what, you think what was your hype level going did, into this did they know that they that the response at least from us and our <laughs> legions of fans was so high like well, I don't know if that if that it, like what their perception of their album was I'm assuming they thought they did pretty well with it. Well, when when the last time Lucas Wood, Wood, Woodland, w- w- Lucas the Woodland creature, and I Woodley. speak because now that yes. I wrote that letter to the scene, he yes. was he and I become like really good friends. Yes, I'm kidding by the way. Uh, and you know he slid so anyway, into your DMs. Yes, he, yeah, he slid into my DMs. I'm like, man, you're you're, you're like equally parts handsome and equally like <laughs> punchable face. <laughs> i can't I know, argue like, with that yeah i have like no ill will towards this guy he's but he looks like that timothy chalamet like man you were like impossibly handsome but mm-hmm. i want to punch you in the face right and he's yeah. all of like you know 24 right something yeah, like that. you yeah. fucking handsome fuck like stop it save some for <laughs> the rest of us that, you ass. That perfect messed up hair it's like yeah it's like it's always like just it's moving but it's always perfect at the same time like i, I don't i don't get it i don't yeah. get it how somebody gets that kind of genetics, but whatever. yeah. And for some of us who have like the two third, two out of three men, uh, hair so genetics, I, I, I don't see, I don't see, I mean, you're covering what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. You I know. Take that off. No. So you can show what you're talking about here. All I see is this is a, a this is an audio <laughs> This is an audio medium, Adam. There's no point in that. Quit there's, laughing there's at my misfortune. A half moon. That's all I see right now from from a backwards cap. Adam is making fun Mike's, of my hat, <laughs> covering Mike's alleged shame when there's no nothing to be ashamed about. I'm losing my hair. I'm thinning. Yeah, but it's been like this for four years. When are you going to like like accept it until <laughs> if, it grows back? Case. Until I it see grows hair. Back. I see a half moon of hair. That's all I'm saying. If you like, my daughter says, if you stop cutting, just it, let it grow back. It grows. It'll back. grow back. Yeah, duh. 
<laughs> what's your daughter's grades in science class, by the way? Let me... <laughs> uh, I don't know. What's Nora got in science right now? <laughs> C plus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that, that fast forward now to the noble art of self-destruction. You know, trepidatious going to this album because how do you follow up something like the previous album? You know, this has happened to us before where, you know, mm-hmm. like how do you go into That's the Spirit by Bring Me the Horizon when they just wrote uh, Sempaternal? You know, right. so it's it's a it's it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Our, uh, you know, I, I tease it off the off the top, but like our Discord is very divided on this one. Like some people, I mean, think it's not it's, really. It's There's only divided. one guy. There's one, one guy, guy that doesn't doesn't like it. The rest <laughs> of us are are pretty much. But in he's very about vocal about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can trust that guy. Really, I mean, he, what has he offered to us? in lieu of music in the last two to three years that he's been following like talking to us i mean what has he done what has he done except talk about his love for texas sports friendship he gives us us something so much more valuable friendship friendship i know it's a good it's a good thing but anyway texas sports aside (laughs) what did we think of this album mike turn on let's start playing let's find out well let's do that well before before we do that and because we've taken a break i forgot to do this last week but uh we can't get to our destination until we get there via mode of transportation no, no. <laughs> oh no. do you hear that why, oh, i why can hear that i hear that oh boy it is the new album breakdown <laughs> <laughs> Adam always hurls on these trips. I don't know why. Like we're here, we're queer. Get used to it. Like, but also we're here. We're here to listen to the album now, dude. But we can we can jump right in to track number one, Head Prison Blues. Oh, it's a slow build. It is a slow build. Have you heard this album before, or is this your first time? A couple times. <laughs> I'll turn it up just a little bit. I hear I hear somebody back there saying wah, 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 wah. Yeah, that's 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 the echo from my house. Hey, hey, keep it down out there. We're trying to do a show. Keep it down, Shailene Woodley. There you can go. hear it now, right? I can hear it. I can okay. use more volume if you can manage, but I will do it just a little bit just for you, my friend. So it's called Head Prison Blues. Mm-hmm. I was very uh, taken by the album art. You know, the since 2015 yes. and uh, Death, Death Cab for Cutie kind of introducing the world, reintroducing the world, the Western world, to the concept of Kintsugi. Uh, mm. The the the. Yes. You know, I, I love like the the gold-filled cracks here. Again, Kintsugi is the art of repairing something that was once broken and repairing some, repairing it in a beautiful way as if to embrace those flaws and to, as if to say, like, these flaws are a part of our history now. Beautiful. Beautiful. Good stuff right there. So this album art is just, you know, a young woman without a shirt. She's broken, Mike. It's probably... The the 
it's probably the front runner of like album best album art with nudity in it for 2023. Hasn't know, been a lot of engineer sincere engineers album art. <laughs> That, that is in the running too. sexy. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> anyway, back I love to this frumpy dads woman. and their bulges. <laughs> <laughs> but back to this young woman and her broken beautifulness. This is kind of like what you expect from a holding absence song. They're not really kind of breaking the mold. They're not breaking new ground uh, no. at all. Uh, this is this is a this is a solid intro sets the tone lets you know what to expect for the rest of the uh, 42 minute runtime i like it i like this opening what a voice i don't yeah, know how old this singer. guy is and also we don't talk about him that much the drummer my god this guy is drumming his heart out he's a good drummer what's his name here ashley green oh female drummer <laughs> isn't she from isn't she from the twilight films i think so she's also the drummer of this band <laughs> yeah, and that's she's right <laughs> she's also a man baby <laughs> that's true yeah did you have a huge crush on ashley green back in the I day i did i did pretty woman her, that, that, that ashley green her and anna kendrick had a much more promising career than other twilight stars yeah one of them went on to be in lots of movies and become like kind of a of Hollywood sweetheart of sorts. Ashley Green just kind of yes. faded into obscurity. But it makes sense that, you know, she's been busy with her music career and right. writing, Transition. I assume, one of the best albums I've ever heard back in 2021. <laughs> right. <laughs> so good time. So I don't have too much to say about this song. Like I said, it's just kind of, you know, a, a solid intro. It's just kind of like what to expect from a holding absence song. So in a way, slightly disappointing. So, so point to Thomas there on that point. <laughs> Slightly disappointing. It's a great song. Oh, you think it's a great song? Oh, I thought that's what you were trying to say. Like it's a good opener. But it's it a is bad. a good opener, but like it's not. You know, it doesn't strike me as like, oh wow, you're in for you're in for a wild ride, baby. It's true. This is just like okay, the album has started. You but you know, go. nothing Should negative to say. It's just kind of like, hey, hey, man, check out this album. You'll like this album. Check out, check out track two. You might be come check more out my band. Excited. Now, here we go. Crooked melody. Mm -hmm. This is this is a song, baby. I like their incorporation of the of, of the electronic. That's yeah. all Lucas right there. Crooked melody was the uh, lead single off of this album this is the one that uh, i this is the only album song i heard prior to listening to this album it was a single this was a single man it came out back in april wow. it's a very too close to touch pre-chorus right there oh yeah it is very too close to touch huh yeah, that's all right though. They sound like everybody, so why wouldn't? That's true. They yeah, too like close to touch is just a uh, uh, slightly above average version of every other band. But no, this 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 song hits on all the right levels. This is a solid solid song, solid chorus. 
I feel like this like even has like kind of like a ooh, like a build up kind of intro. Like, hey, maybe this should have been the intro track. I did my Australian accent in reading the Lyric Genius stuff work last week is the real question because I can do it this week too. <laughs> oh wait, they're from Wales. They're Sorry, from they're Wales. Welsh. Yeah. I mean, close. So you just have to do like a less Cockney version of that accent you did last week. A less criminal version. Yes. <laughs> less criminal. Yes. Classy. Oh. A classy Wales <laughs> accent. <laughs> Lucas said, it's simply a song about denial. It's the lie we tell ourselves. Wait, that's Australian. Um, <laughs> every night to help us sleep. But deep down, we know the truth. The big difference yeah. between a crooked melody and a lie, however, is that it's sweet, enchanting, and easier to swallow. <laughs> that was from the lead that. singer? Yes, he added in the ha 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 there too. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of what I got from it too. I mean, it's not like a it, the lyrics don't hit hard on this on this album, for the most part, but it, it's just kind of like, hey, these are similar themes that we've touched upon before. We're just kind of singing them in different ways. The musicianship is pretty excellent, but. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a kind of a common theme going down for the rest of these tracks. Is like, all right, I like this. I like this. this I is like all this, right. but it's not die alone in your in your lover's arms. No, it never will be. That's okay. Shall we move forward? Shall we? Let's shall. Here we're hitting track three in three, two, one. Ooh, I love false and I'm morning. I love True Dawn. She's the one behind me, sleeping Aww. in my bed. <laughs> I love the cadence of this song. This song has a really cool, like, groove and beat to it. This song was like... also a single from what I'm reading here. This was the follow-up oh single. I'm looking at the album artwork. A little bit yes. of underboob. A little bit of underboob, still broken, beautiful woman. Luckily, she <laughs> has no physical flaws, only emotional ones. Only just emotional kintsugi flaws. <laughs> this came out back in May. I was avoiding all these tracks so much when they were You dropping. didn't listen to a single one, right? Like you're, no. you're at that stage of your life where you're not even listening to a single... Single. Right, because it's like here's a single, and then you know, four years later, here's our album. Like, why? What's the point? Nobody does that, Zero. dude. Nobody does that. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody at all. Four years? No, come on. Four years. What are you thinking of? Two years. You know, this little biggest band in the world and the emo scene <laughs> that drops. Okay, a song that's one example. Yes, that's one ether. example, but that doesn't apply to holding absence. It might like my camp can know. get away with it. Holding absence can get away with a six-month window. You never know when they're going to just be like, "Oh, I think we're we're that big, so let's just release a song and then disappear for six years." We completely yeah. blew over the fact that that was an amazing fucking chorus. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, oh, it was quite a good chorus. This is one of my favorite songs on the album, just simply on the cadence and the and 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 just the way that the chorus is sung. I'll let you down. Great now. gang vocals I'll let you too. Down now. comes a long way from 2019 for this band. I know, my gosh, like the glow up for this band. I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious to say that we didn't 
enjoy this album as much as we d enjoyed the previous album, but this is a pretty damn good album, and this is the same band that, like, broke me back in 2019. <laughs> I know. I mean, I think they've had some lineup changes. None of yeah, these I guys were... Yeah, I saw on were... Wikipedia that, like, most of the band is, like, not the original lineup. Like, not even the right. lead singer, the I band. think, is original. All of, all of the band is not the original lineup. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> so that was interesting. All they had to do but... was completely change all of the members. <laughs> Holding Absence started, and then a year later, Lucas Woodland replaced that lead singer. And then everybody else dropped out, and he brought in other guys from other bands he had been in before. So yeah, for the most part, though, control. as far as the full-length albums, like it's been the same members, save for the bassist. And the bassist is just kind of there for this band. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a prominent point in the musicianship. Yes. Thanks, Benjamin Elliott, formerly of Falling With Style. It's a good man. Man, soaring vocals. Like, this this chorus is just, oh, one of the best. And then the transition from this into Scissors. Oh, yeah. Like, instantaneous, which, is, which we're coming up with right now. So he says, this song is definitely a personal favorite for all of us on the record. A somewhat defeatist song about denouncing expectations and coming to grips with failure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Scissors was an incredible transition right there. Those Scissors, I struggled to enjoy over the yeah, course. Yeah, like but right I, here, like the verses, I think are fucking rocking. I think the mm -hmm. chorus is a little lacking, though. The chorus has like this weird vocal delivery that kind of throws me off a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I eventually gave the song a thumbs up, but uh, it took me a long time to enjoy it. Because it's just, just that, that line with a dull pair of scissors. That should not be a, so a line sung in a song. Like, <laughs> well, then we ever, wouldn't have the right? title of the song, man. I know. Yeah, I don't like how we like, we cut the tempo in half here. It's very, it's an awkward transition. And we're like, and then we, and then we jump back up again, and then we cut the tempo again. It's a very awkward chorus, and it kind of really throws the listener off. I'll cut it my, I'll cut it by myself. It's a, it's a strange lyrical delivery, but then it's thrown back into the infectious verse slash oh, yeah. intro here. I think the verse like really saves this song. Um, it's just that weird chorus where it's just like, it's weird for like a few seconds, then cool again, then we're back to weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gave this a pass. I'm still four for four on this album. Nice. So far. But this was, a, this was a tough one. Or pass the elastic and rope with a dull pair of scissors. I'll cut it by myself. I mean, like, I, I don't hear that in, like, man, so deep. <laughs> I'm sure it means something to Lucas Woodland. Woodland, yes. Something about being See, a woodland. It's, it's weird every time. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It's a little bizarre. And I might, I might give it a thumbs down by the end of the year. But for now, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I don't have anything like super negative to say about like this song or really any of the songs. But if if I were to give like the biggest criticism, it's oh, this song. It's Mike. just the. It, I feel like that could have been executed a little bit better. Mike, he said, "This song is a love letter to our favorite genre, post-hardcore." 
It's heavy, catchy, and emotional. We can't wait for you guys to hear this one as we step ever closer to releasing the whole album next month. Oh, wait. That, that's not anything about the song. Well, <laughs> the track depicts the concept of sacrifice as a means to evolve as the narrator commits to severing parts of themselves in order to grow. Well, there you go. I did not get that at all. <laughs> this was a reply letter. He hit reply all to you and the rest of the scene. Oh, I must have. I must have skipped that. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't get it, so he had to put it in this uh, in the song for you in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> did you get it? Because you're 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 like a master of emotions. So, like, did you get Thanks that from this genius. song? No, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it either. I don't get emotions through lyrics unless I read other people's interpretation of it, and I'm like, yes, I agree. <laughs> oh, I understand when somebody tells it to me. <laughs> right, it makes it a lot easier because you so know, our, they might our, know more. Th- things our three month break must have been really rough on you. You haven't been understanding any songs at all because nope, we haven't been talking about none. music. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I feel about the music, but not the lyrics so much. <laughs> well, the rest of the song is just kind of like this on repeat. So you want to go ahead and skip it? Yes. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. Now, there's always a track like this on an on their album that's slow and not kind of dull, right? Yes. Yeah. This is a kind of a formulaic, sad song in the middle of the album. Or not sad. Well, this is kind of sad. But it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Because there's a track called Marigold on the first album that's just like the most dullest, boringest thing that I always like. Oh, I thought that was a whole album. (laughs) I always go back to that song as being like the worst parts of this band. And it's all... I mean, that's all it is. Marigold, you never know. <laughs> I haven't heard that album in four years, bro. <laughs> but it was the song that I that I just felt spoke of that album. But this this track, let's see what it has to say. Honeymoon is perhaps holding absence most beautiful song to date. A track inspired by the Pixies and Deftones. Who wrote this? this? Is a love. <laughs> Lucas Woodland. <laughs> he said this that. Is lo- this is what he said to oh Distorted Sound Magazine. This I'm is sorry, a lovesick Lucas. poem that looks to s- the stars to portray a deep, isolated yearning for the love of another. Well, there I mean, go. I guess it's what every twenty-five-year-old wants in life. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where you feel bad for like being like, eh, whatever. Because I'm sure this song means something to him. He wrote this right. fucking wrote the song and I'm sure yeah there's a deeper meaning that we're just not getting because we just kind of feel this is a formulaic ballad song. I know. Well he is twenty-eight, so we have to remember that. He's a mature man. He's yeah, reached the peak of his life at twenty-eight. I do like that line though, dressed in the moon. I think that's a beautiful cool. visual. And I know if we can ever set together like constellations we can live forever i mean that's i mean you you give that you're locust woodland and you look like this and you're 28 Mm -hmm. years old you give that chorus to this broken this emotionally broken but physically perfect girl yeah this this kintsugi naked woman yes 
I know. It's just everything I mean, she was fully clothed before she before he sang these lyrics to her. <laughs> I know, and her clothes just like melted off of her. Exactly, and now she's so. dressed in the moon. <laughs> like I want to go on a honeymoon with you someday. So not yeah, my favorite. I mean, track. luckily the song is not as long as like the rest of. I, I guess this is another criticism. Like some of these songs are like a tad bit too long. Like I think some of them could be trimmed like. 20 30 seconds um, and especially because because the last album was a good 50 minutes i think right and yeah not but a like moment i think because that wasted. was so good like the time just went by so fast with the right. uh, greatest mistake this one i feel like it drags a little bit you know and then this is only like 40 minutes so. yeah 42 it looks like <laughs> so now we're on to death nonetheless mm, what a badass fucking song title for a badass for a badass song man that's fucking drums dude oh man can't believe he was in twilight <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that part in twilight when ashley green the drummer of holding absence was throwing the baseball and yes she had her leg like super high up in the air and i was like wow this man. is unlocking something in my brain <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm sexually attracted to baseball. Nobody ever taught this girl how to throw a ball. So sad. <laughs> Ooh, that chorus. It's good. That's right, dude. You fucking croon. You croon the hell out of the song, man. Mm. And nobody cares. Mm. Oh, those drums. Oh, my gosh really so stepping up this, the musicianship game in this in this album i think so i think so that's where except for the except hits. for the bassist with apologies to the bassist i mean what has falling with style ever done really <laughs> i mean does it, this doesn't make me want to listen to that band oh i love this chorus Mm. Did you say I am Evanescence, by the way? Is that, is that what the line evanescent. was? Evanescent. Evanescent. Oh, okay. There you go. And nothing to become. With knife in hand, I saw life flash before my eyes. Sat in the cheap seats the whole time. I left it all behind. Man. This is a meta-contextual... Uh, commentary on baseball sitting in the cheap seats because it's Ashley well, Green since he's in, and he's, since he's in Wales he's probably oh, yeah. talking about the football oh the footy by the way dude I finished uh, me and my wife finished uh, Ted Lasso all three seasons fucking one of the best That's shows I've ever seen amazing sorry to hear that it didn't uh, hit you as hard as it hit us I only watched the first the first season yeah I know it. I think you should continue watching it. Oh, I love this part. I completely forgot this part was in the song. And then the drums are going to fucking come in your hair, dude. Oh. Did this need to be like a minute and a half long, though? Probably not. <laughs> it is a long outro, that's for sure. But it's okay. But we did need a crowd participation song for the live, for the live events. 
it's kind of too many words for like a live event, right? But if you're if you went to their show, especially if they're headlining, you know these lyrics. You're gonna sing along. You're anticipating it. In fact, that's probably gonna be the highlight of your night. Remember that part <laughs> in the show when we all sang the outro to Death Nonetheless? Dude, that was fucking sick. It's pretty sick, bro. But I, I wish they would have posted the words <laughs> up on the screen because um, I forgot them. How do you not like by him. by this time in the live show? You'll have memorized it by then because he just said it like twelve times. Maybe if you're lucky, if you've seen mm, you've we're building, the album enough, we're building something. There's gonna be one more last chorus, right? There's gonna be one final chorus to get us out of the song. Yeah. Oh, it's over. Oh, it's all over. Damn it! You tricked us. You tricked us, holding absence. <laughs> I was a big fan of Ashley Green until she tricked us. Damn it, Ashley. You always trick us, so. So anyway, moving on to track seven. Seven. Her wings. I could have sworn that this song was already on the last album. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I saw like it's like, it's almost like structure for structure, like a, a fucking direct copy of one of the songs. Mm-hmm. Me on the Does, do the guitars sound slightly off? Like the distortion is like slightly out of tune. Maybe that's what they were going for. Wow, it's disorienting, bro. Not my favorite song. Probably no. It, it, this, I, I I lumped this in with like the opening track. This is like okay, this is a song that they wrote in their sleep. This is the one they wrote right after Greatest Mistake of My Life. And they're like, oh, there's no room for it on the album. Right. Save it for the next album, bro. God, <laughs> use it. It's a great song. Oh, my God, bro. That's, like, that's so fucking genius because then we only have to write nine songs. <laughs> it's about her and her wings. And, you know, when, I, when you tell a girl she's got wings, it's like she can be anything, bro. Exactly, bro. Especially when like, she's dressed in the mood. <laughs> bro, she's really taking off. She's taking off her clothes, bro. Showing her scars. The only reason to make albums is for attractive white women to take their clothes <laughs> off in front of you. Think Especially ever. if they got deep emotional scars underneath, bro, that we can no. visually represent and can see. <laughs> it, it'll work, bro. It's it'll okay. work, bro. We're 28 all, years old, bro. All of her problems can be fixed with my words. My words? <laughs> and her wings, bro. Dude. Lucas, that's fucking sick, bro. Sick, bro. Sick, bro. <laughs> yeah, so there's not too much to say about this one. Luckily, it's not super long, but uh, I think we can go ahead and skip it. What do you think? I think so. Let's All move right, on let's do to it. Track eight. New. These new dreams. See, this is this this song's derivative, but I like this song. It's got it's got a cool little vocal hook there. It does. Just like slight little guitar in the background too, drums doing its fucking thing, little fills here and there to really keep you engaged. 
Interesting, yes. I mean, that's the shit that brings in the ladies. Oh, man. Dude, I you got know. chills. The crooning. The Dude, crooning. I'm about to get nude right now. I know. So many scars. See, this has like hardcore ballad energy without being a 100% ballad. To absolve myself. Mm. Mm. He's, he's literally just being like, girl, you saved me. <laughs> you have saved me. My burdens, girl. Your burdens saved my burden. Wow. Something, I don't know what's going we on. We have here, solved but... <laughs> mental illness. <laughs> Through joining as one, mm -hmm. never to part. My body inside of your body becoming <laughs> one. Dressed in the moon, girl. We did you it. You saved me. Every beautiful fruit is forbidden. You only showed your <laughs> colors once bitten. <laughs> Oh my god, those were the lyrics, weren't they? <laughs> yes. It I, sounds like we're being a lot harsher than I think we're intending to be. Still <laughs> enjoy it. I we're still, kind of dunking on this album a little bit. I'll still listen to it and enjoy my time. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if if you were disappointed by this album, Thomas, I'm talking directly to you. If you're disappointed in this album, I completely understand, right? There is like derivative parts of it. There is kind of some dopey stuff that, you know, we're making fun of right now. But like, I think overall the execution is solid. I think lyrically they're doing a really good job of just kind of, you know, if you liked their previous album, you're going to like this one, I feel like. Except for you, Thomas, I'm sorry. Uh, but the. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I, 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 even though this is a bit of a step down for them, it, the, 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 the upward climb was always going to be really difficult for this album. And, you know, and, and there is a, so there's a slight disappointment with that. But I think overall, the pros overweigh, outweigh the, the cons. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, maybe we were doomed to fall apart. I'm learning to absolve myself. Adam, stop. Stop reading lyrics. <laughs> Stop reading lyrics. What are you supposed to do? It's music. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's it's all true. Brian Fallon wrote this many times before. That's true. Yeah. And we 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 oozed over it, so that's okay. I love this part here too. Like we're kind of changing the chorus up a little bit. We subverted their expectations. Mm. Okay, back to the real chorus. I mean, you know, it's like it's music you can enjoy listening to, but then you remember all of the greater things you've listened to in your life, mm -hmm. and you're just like, well, you know, it could be a top twenty album. That, yeah. That's very possible. You also got. I think we, even us too. Like we, sometimes we forget this, and I think it's important to remember this. Not every album can be or has to be the greatest album we've ever heard in our lives. You know, it would be or, great yeah. if we stumbled across the greatest album we've ever heard, you know, but like, exactly. if an album just comes out and it's like, hey, this is pretty good. I think that's a win. They did. Maybe an I'm album. just in a better mood than I normally am. <laughs> <laughs> but that's surprising to hear after 2019, Mike, letter to the scene. No, that album was legit. The most fucking boring <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my goddamn life. And I, well, dopey I mean, ass band is dopey ass name. <laughs> You talking about the scene in general. Oh, sure. Of, of that. I still but, feel you know, that it, way. It was, 
but, you're still angry at all the Amo haters at the time. Oh so, yeah, exactly. And there and there was that. Like, since that my album of the year came out in January, I had to listen to everybody fucking dunk on it because it's not sempaternal. It isn't. You guys are all wrong, by but, the way. Mike, it isn't though. I like this song a lot. By the way, I love this song. No. I think this song has like one of the best choruses of the mm-hmm. album. There's nothing left, but every time I turn a corner, I am stuck, stuck in the middle of it. <laughs> By it, he means this pretty girl's legs. Did you did you hear how he sang the word it? it. it no, it was like it. <laughs> I mean that that's it. Every time you turn a corner, I'm stuck, stuck in the middle of it. This song is definitely so, like talking about his kinky sex life love it i think so it probably is Let he me was just implying it in the previous eight songs and now he's just letting it all out man gotta you gotta let it go i'm stuck in the middle of it even though things are so good even though things can be good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tempo change dude it, like perfect transition to that tempo change uh <laughs> Stuck in the middle of it. Like you can't, you can't sing that word. Like that, that's an impossible. <laughs> stuck it. I thought it, I didn't think it was it. I was stuck in the middle of of pause of air of air or something. Of air. Of air. <laughs> but nope, it's it. Well, I think because he he's stuck English, he can air. get away with it. And an American accent would be like stuck in the middle of it. Stuck, stuck in, in the middle, middle of it. it. Yep. But because he, because they don't really enunciate their T's with the English accent, mm. so it could be like, eh, eh, stuck in the middle of it. Stuck in the middle of it. I eh? watch a lot of Ted Lasso, so like I'm trying to get my English accents like a lot stronger. For some reason, Lyric Genius is recommending the Olivia Rodrigo lyrics to me now. Uh, I think you just got algorithm, bro. I mean, the, these albums are nothing except for attractive young women on the album art. The, there's nothing there's else similar. Two attractive women who are so broken on the inside. Like, Adam, we noticed that your Google searches seem to be for dark-haired ethnic women. Um, you might like this. <laughs> you might like these lyrics as well. <laughs> I am my anyway. father's daughter, so I think I can fix him maybe there you go that's that's what this is all about maybe he's the one she's writing about on all those wow. angry songs and sad songs There's no do you think there was there. any room to invite his sister back to do another duet or would that be there's too always, derivative there's always room to invite your sister back <laughs> <laughs> I walked right into that <laughs> He could have. I'm, I'm almost like kind of surprised there isn't a feature. Yeah, there's no features in. on this. I think this band yeah. is like bigger than ever, uh, as far as their career goes. But yeah, no, no features. I just kind of unless now just is, noticed that. Unless this is a picture of her on the album art. Oh, <gasps> hey little sister, oh, no. you know how we sung a duet? <laughs> well, I need you to get nude for a photo shoot. <laughs> could you do that for me, little sister? What you doing there, step bro? <laughs> Little sister, stop saying that. I'm just just doing the cover shoot for my album. (laughs) Just doing a cover shoot, little little sister. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're here, the final song, on. the finale, The Angel in the Marble. Mm. Now this is a little, it kind of draws attention to the album art again. Like this, this woman does kind of look like she's been carved out of marble. Yeah. Mm, I guess that's where the true. cracks come in, bro. It's so deep. Post, post sacrifice. I am stemming the blood flow. Whoa. That's deep, bro. It's fucking deep, bro. I love deep lyrics, bro. In the hand, desperate to grow. Man, so this this is a slow, this is a long song and it's mostly to blame because like the last two minutes are just like that bridge over and over again that the building building bridge for the final outro and the form yeah the final outro so I guess we'll start it over here Adam we had some fun making fun of some of these lyrics and <laughs> kind of talking through our our, our uh, thoughts on this track by track what are your final thoughts on the third album of Holding Absence and where do you hope this band goes in the future? Man, it's it's difficult to say because it all kind of depends on what kind of feedback they hear from this album. Mm-hmm. Like, it puts them in a in a difficult place because they they strayed away from the concept side of things. There's still really good tracks here. True. But are people going to be like, why don't you guys sound like your second album? And will they take that to heart? Mm. That's the real question. Do they, will they try to go back and recreate something that might not be there? Or do they keep on making kind of B plus level albums mm. for the rest of time? That That's yet to be determined. Yeah. Um, that, that you, I, you, yeah, you, you, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And I think the, the, where this band goes in the future is really going to de- be dependent on whether or not they strike while the iron is hot, which I think this is, which is, which has resulted in this album. I think the feedback from, uh, and the reception from their last album was really, it sp- spoke true. And I think it wasn't just our show. I think I've heard, I think I've heard the sentiments from, like, from blogs and reviewers and just online sentiments from my comments and stuff, and. It seems like that that album is universally loved. So I think they struck while the iron was hot, put out this album in a relatively short time span after their tours, and if they do that again, I feel like that would be the beginning of the end for this band. And I really hope that they kind of take their time with their songwriting, really nail it down. Don't be afraid to go hard. Don't be afraid to like like and, and you know we're making fun of it but like don't be afraid to like invite your sister back and like sing another great duet with her if if Maybe. you feel like it's, it's it's worthy of it you know but um yeah i i think this band is a bit in a as of right now in 2023 i think this band is in a bit of danger of becoming irrelevant pretty soon like within the next year or two uh so it the, the next album is going to be very telling about where this band goes in the future. If it sounds like this again, I think we've just kind of witnessed the, the, the beginning of the end. And that's a shame because, you know, whenever you hear a band that puts out a really, really good album, you want them to just create more really, really good albums. Mike, he's telling you who he is in this pre-bridge here. <laughs> I fucking I love am, this pre-course. I this am, is fucking bridge, dude. Uh, so fucking good. I am a work of art in the making. Trust in your hand and trust in the process. Mike, they're just going to get better from here. 
we Dude, have to trust. Are... Yeah, and, and and if this is a if this really is like a self affirmation for the band to continue getting better, then hey, I guess we can just wait for the future and keep holding on hope that this band's going to get better and better. What I love about this little bridge part though is that like there's a lot of like positive affirmations here to take uh, into yes. one's own personal life. And I'm all about like positive affirmations, baby. Uh, I, I, I can't live my life these days without positive affirmations. So I, I, I love that. I am a work of art in the process. Oh. The noble art of self-destruction guiding my hand. I'll merge the man that I was hoping I could be with the man that I know that I am. This oh, band is just, this band so is good. taking off, man. That's this band so good, is just dude. gonna, I'm hopeful for the future now after reading that bridge. <laughs> you're being right? facetious, but but I hope so too. Like no, I really I'm hope not. this. No, you're not. I'm not. I hope for the best. It better be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if it's I, not, I, I'm gonna I hope look so back too. at this. I'm gonna look back at this episode and be like, this is the downfall of everything. Society, the <laughs> podcast, our relationships with everyone we know and love. This is. I mean, this is Lucas. This is, it's up to you, bro. Do it. <laughs> I guess history has kind of shown when it comes to this band, you haven't been wrong. So anytime... Uh -oh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so use your words carefully, my friend. Crap. Now I'm frightened. So much power. <laughs> uh, working as an outro, though, I think this song works really well. You know, I, I, I do like... Mm -hmm. Sometimes I kind of turn my nose at, like, long songs that, that that serve as also the outro to the album but i think this i think this was executed very well apparently there is a unreleased track called kintsugi god damn it really uh, there's no lyrics for it because it hasn't been released yet but oh maybe it's on its way. has a link for it so that's kind of weird oh interesting so, soon to come perhaps oh cool very well, fascinating I mean, stuff yeah i mean it's it's right there in the album art so uh, you gotta imagine they wrote a song called Kintsugi. Now, do we encourage those to go back and listen to the Death Cab for Cutie album? I mean, always. Yeah, always it's one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want more, I don't know how to put it. The ba these bands are completely different from each other. Kintsugi core. Yeah. Yes, Kintsukor. <laughs> so, um, if you want more, I guess. Man, I can't even say like. Like th this, uh, this album is a little bit more about like me and my girl destruction, at least with the death cap for cutie album. It's just about Ben Gibbard's destruction. Yes. That makes it great. And it's, and it was all under the veil of like his impending divorce with Zoe Deschanel too. Like that's you can, you can tell he wrote that album with the impression that they were, they were probably already separated at the time too. Cause they divorced shortly after, but, um, but you can tell like the writing was on the wall, at least from his headspace, like especially reading those lyrics and listening to those songs again. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's it's a really emotionally heavy album, especially for those of us who've gone through divorce before or even those of us who've had breakups like you can relate to all, a lot of those songs. But yeah, this this one isn't that it's it really is just kind of taking it's, it's very loosely Kintsugi. It really is just kind of like noticing your flaws and acknowledging them and working through them right but like on a very surface level sort of way they are golden like so. kintsugi exactly <clears throat> so let's move on from august of 2023 mike 
Okay. I know for you, I know for you it was like the greatest month of all time, but we can stop listening to music from that time. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, there's, there's a couple other albums I'd like to talk about, but, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good album. So, uh, I, I, you know, not, not, not my favorite album of the year for sure, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's a solid, at least maybe top 10. It might fall into like the high twenties for me, but, uh, might. yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Good. All right. But cool. what else have you been listening to my friend? I know. Cause I got nothing for the next three weeks. So I'm finally finishing up rush this week. I'm on album 19. Good it's God. been a long journey. I need to go back and re-listen to the oldies again and re-familiarize myself. But man, that band just didn't quit. They, they, they kept on going and I'll, I guess I'll figure out how to present those albums on the show yeah. <laughs> another day. Are they still <laughs> writing albums? Cause I think they're still touring stuff, right? No, no. Neil Peart, the drummer died in 2020. Oh, okay. Um, he was the primary lyricist and obviously that band being a three piece. If you lose one of those three members, you, you just, it, it, they just were like, no, there can't be a rush if there's not the three of us. So, um, They've kind of gotten together and done little reunion-y things. Um, and they're still working on music, but um, nothing Rush-related. Oh, okay. So that was quite – it's been quite the journey. And boy, did the 90s take them in a completely different direction than what they what their you know popular Tom Sawyer-esque sound of the 80s, the synth years, took them on. So, so what you're saying fun. is now that Neil Peart has passed away and they're still writing yes. music – no rush. No rush. No rush. No rush. No rush. <laughs> no rush. All right, I got a. And they kind of did. <laughs> they did their final tour in 2013 because their last album was in 2012, oh, and okay. like basically that 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 tour was kind of deemed as the end anyway. And yeah, they, they didn't release any more music after that, and then personal issues. Like they basically <laughs> their bodies couldn't handle the uh, rigors of touring by that point. <laughs> I mean, their music seems super complicated anyway. So, you know, exactly. imagine doing that live for many, many more years into your I elder know. age. Yeah. Exactly. Not gonna happen. Like now they're in their seventies. So 10 years ago, they're in their sixties doing that. And so now it's like even harder, yeah, so is but, Bono, they, but he's still writing music. That's true. Um, but they reconvened for the, uh, the Taylor Hawkins tribute shows. Oh, cool. And played, three rush songs that were apparently Taylor Hawkins favorite rush songs. I read who so. does the drums for them now. Dave Grohl. Oh, Dave. Oh, perfect. Oh my God. <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Perfect. But I mean, they, they, they played, you know, three rush songs. So th th it wasn't like a, a, a great undertaking. So I'll figure out how to explain that band to the masses another day because it is, it's, it gets complicated. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> like even you just talking about it, it sounds overwhelming because <laughs> all those early albums, they're all like anywhere between four and eight tracks, but they're all like 35 to 45 minutes. Of course. So it's just like <laughs> these, <laughs> these seven part epics and like the end of one album, like that's part one of a song. And then part two of a song is like the beginning of the next album somewhere <laughs> in there. And so it, and it, it, it's completely meta. I mean, like the, 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 the first song is about like a guy getting sucked into a black hole 
and the second song is about him being on the other side of that black hole in this like alternate consciousness reality thing, bridging the left and right hemisphere of the brain. I mean, it gets deep. It gets really, really deep in the late seventies for this band. I know. And that's where I was like, Oh, this is where Claudio obviously got a good amount of his inspiration from. Yeah. Yeah. But that's cool too. Like even like putting the lyrical themes into the next album, it again, rewards the, the the listener for their devotion and the and their fandom right right so we'll talk about that another day i was glad to cross them off my list because i've been meaning to do that for 23 years now anyway yeah. <laughs> well before we get into your uh you you uh okay. i'll just talk a little bit about some of the albums that i've been checking out i haven't done like yes. deep deep dives into these albums this past week i'm more just kind of casually checking out checking them out uh, one of them was one of your recommendations because you were talking about U2 from the 80s. And this was an album that yes. you know a lot of people listen to, my, myself not included. Uh, no, and, me neither. <laughs> yeah. Uh, War, the re- I listened to the remastered version from 2008 uh, by U2. And yes. wow, what a surprise that I like realized that some of these songs were U2 songs. I was going to say, I'm sure you recognize... The, the big hits, Sunday, yeah. Bloody Sunday, Sunday, Bloody New Sunday, Day. New Year's Day. Those are the big ones okay. that like, oh, these are you two. Nice. Right. There's a couple of other ones that I recommended uh, that I um, uh, recognize as well. Um, but overall, I thought the album was pretty decent. This pretty is definitely yeah. not my like, style of rock music. It kind of just, of course, it, it kind of just kind of teeters right into that kind of mainstream sound that like, uh, you know, it's not for me. It, uh, I like a little bit more edge, huh, edge, uh, to, to my uh, to to my rock music, but uh, but I can see the appeal at least at least for right. you know the mainstream audience. And I do like appreciate the politically conscious, like socially conscious lyrics of this album as well. That's Very that's much. definitely within my um my brainosphere. Uh, so so that part I I appreciated, and you know if I had listened to this in the 80s as an adult man like i'd be like oh this is my favorite rock band probably yeah i i I was impressed by this because i i didn't know anything outside of the three singles here Mm -hmm. um and especially because the first two albums are kind of good but not good at the same time so this is like a huge step up from the first two albums so Mm -hmm. when you listen to them in that consistent order but it's still it's got that new wave early 80s british vibe to it right but then you throw in like all the political kind of punk aesthetic punk themes Mm -hmm. so um and that was obviously where it kind of blew up for them i'd say this is like the edgiest of their discography they don't really come back to this level yeah edgier than their first like punk album well it's not heard so i don't know yeah like like that was more on again, like the new wave side of things. Oh, okay. So this was where like it kind of blended those worlds perfectly. Gotcha. And then it was like, oh, now we're like really big. So let's keep trying. I mean, it, then like the, the the anger kind of came out of it. And it was like, let's still promote this like theme, these themes of unity, but without the anger fun side of it. So like the unforgettable <laughs> fire falls flat. I mean, obviously like in the name of love is a song about Martin Luther King, you know, and that, Mm -hmm. but it's, but it's not like edgy. (laughs) 
at all. No, it's just like, yeah, oh, it, that's it, a huge it, arena rock song that still gets played everywhere today. You yeah, know? it's, it's, a, it's like a non-threatening pop rock song that everybody right. loves. Where Sunday Bloody Sunday is a lot edgier, you right. know. So, <laughs> yeah, it's and about, New Year's it's Day about something is a little a bit more controversial it. than "In the Name of Love," you know. Right, and New Year's Day is about like you know a, a massacre, um, you know, and it's got very dark themes to it. So yeah. it's like, unfortunately, this was the end of the the darkness. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad you kind of liked it. I, I I thought it was a pretty cool album. Yeah, not then, a, not a, not a bad one at all. I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but you had right. you know really talked it up a lot. So and, and and of course I trust your opinion and I trust your taste. We have very similar tastes, you and I. So I thought I was going to enjoy it at least, and I and, and I ended up enjoying it, which is always a win. Uh, yes. So shout out to the Dorkiest Podcast. Uh, we had an episode this past week where we discussed uh, a, a nice little deep dive on Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman. Uh, but at the end of the show, where we kind of recommend stuff at the end, uh, my co-host Daniel, friend of the show, a uh, friend of ours, uh, he recommended the self-titled album uh, from Zach Bryan. So this is a like mm. former Navy uh, Navyman uh, who is now like a country music star. His new album from a couple weeks ago just came out, and uh, you know he kind of like half jokingly, maybe maybe more seriously, like was frustrated about it because he. Uh, does not like country music. There's like very few exceptions True. where he will listen to country music, but this like one like he really got. To he him. couldn't even listen to Lucero because it was too country, right? You know, right. <laughs> where you could at least appreciate Lucero. Yeah, uh, but uh, for for this, so he recommended this one, and like you know, I was meaning to jump into it because it was a big talking point on our Discord a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I jumped into it, and uh, uh, and I have to say that like lyrically. This guy is poetic and he's very thoughtful. He writes amazing lyrics, but the album it's as a as a music album, uh tonally it's very kind of one note. It's kind of slow mm. too. The album's very long. Uh, and that was one of his criticisms yeah, too. Like he, minutes. Yeah, he could have like trimmed this by like 10 minutes at least. Um but mm. uh, but I I think if you listen to this adam you have you know you've listened to a lot of like folk and country countries music as well i think you would probably get a lot of this i think if you're willing to jump into it if you like folk music if you like country music but not country in that like i'm in love with my truck and i'm gonna marry my truck one day like you're gonna find something in here that you're gonna enjoy this really reminded me of like rustin kelly's album from earlier this year i was i was wondering about the rustin kelly effect yeah definitely yeah this gave me like a lot of those vibes it's very much like does not fall within those same like country music tropes in fact i think it even like subverts them in a lot of ways because he talked he's not shy about like his experience in the negative experience in the military here and watching his fellow navy men just kind of be like come back home as like broken men which is a you know shit dude like i want to hear those stories and he and he shares some of those in some of these songs so like i i really just kind of like latched onto the lyrical content of zach bryan's album not so much the musical stuff so that's so that's where i'm kind of have a bit of a disconnect with this album but i think uh if you're willing to give it a listen i think you're going to find a lot to latch on to no matter what kind of music you are he had an ep come out just yesterday it looks like as well oh really called boys of faith Interesting. I wonder if those are like B-sides or something. I don't know. 
But I'm just glad that the kid from Home Improvement is like making it in the world here. I mean, <laughs> I heard he was Jonathan getting in trouble Taylor for Thomas? like, like uh, domestic violence kind of stuff. No, the older one, the older one. I never watched Home Improvement. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that that guy's name is Zachary Ty Bryant. Oh, right. Cool. And he went into the Navy and became a broken man and wrote country music and, after that. And he's only 27. That's pretty good. <laughs> nice. Uh, I also so this checked... Is, oh, go ahead. This is his fifth album. So Yeah, he's been around for quite um, a while. Yeah, since 2019. Quite a while. <laughs> yeah, and then even Daniel said that he ended up like listening to his entire discography too. Okay. So he's been around for four years and he's got a number one album. Yep. Yay. And, uh, you <laughs> know, and bringing, good it, following, man. and bringing it to the kind of Rustin Kelly, uh, connection there. Uh, he does a song here with Casey Musgraves, Rustin oh, Kelly's his ex-wife, ex-wife, man. That's pretty, that's pretty harsh. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> there's there. Uh, that's all they're singing about is Rustin Kelly. No, I know. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was kind of like looking forward to the new music week here coming up on the 29th. Uh, and I, on my calendar, at least I don't have anything. So what I, what I normally do is I stock our friend Thomas's, uh, we, uh, rate your music page. Cause he has like his, his awesome, like calendar of like anticipated music that he's looking forward to. So I'm like, okay, well, what is Thomas looking forward to? I saw that this, uh, this coming week that on the 29th, thank you. I'm sorry. A band that I had heard of before has their new album, Growing in Strange Places. So I was I was just kind of yeah. checking that out. I saw I listened to the lead single <laughs> off of that, and it got me interested in checking out their 2020 out of album, I'm Glad We're Friends. Uh, so, Adam, you can probably take a nap while I'm discussing while I'm discussing this. This is a <laughs> indie alternative kind of midwestern punk style sad girl music. Uh, female led as well and i thought it was pretty fine i think i think i like it enough to check out their album come this coming week because i got nothing else on my list um but i think i know exactly like what your your opinion of it would be if you had listened to it as well so i i I don't think i'd recommend this to you but if that sounds like something that you're interested in uh for the listener uh yeah check out the 2020 album and then maybe look forward to the uh new album coming out this friday uh if those are usually themes that i am okay with oh yeah i i don't think you're gonna disagree with like a lot of like lyrical themes and stuff it's just that style of like you know sad girl indie rock that you're yes that you've been all out that you've been all like 100 percent out on for the most part the last several years just just in the last couple years yeah it was done right in 2015 and 17 yes it's Julian becoming Baker. a dying genre. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just been copying Julian Baker to lesser degrees of success. I know. Um, but this isn't that, was, though. This is a little bit more upbeat, kind of Midwestern punk influenced. Not, not Tom, like to the to the tiny moving parts kind, kind of like uh, level, but like in that vein. Was Tom a fan? Did Was he saying good things about it? I don't know. I just saw this on the oh, calendar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So thank you, Tom, for the sort of recommendation. So I'll be checking out their new album Uh, and, you know, a a, a slight recommendation for I'm Glad We're Friends, their 2020 album. That's a thank you. I'm sorry. And uh, I think that is all that I listened to this past week. So now we have our kind of initial thoughts here. And I'm going to be honest here. I don't know if we'll be talking much about uh, this 
past this new album cheap grills we don't also yeah, adam teased it you want to talk about <laughs> sexy album art oh man <laughs> this frumpy dad with his bulge while yep, he's that's a that's a bulge right there <laughs> while he's while he's grilling on a charcoal grill my god <laughs> i can't tell if it's an old picture or a current picture because like that look unfortunately is back. back baby yeah and it's like it's almost like a sign that I'm a narcissistic douchebag. Yeah. By being like, enjoy it, ladies. Yep. This is this is me now. <laughs> yeah. So. The only thing that makes me think it's old is that like we live in the we live in a post Me Too world. And you would think that men know better now, but let's be honest, nope. men don't know better. <laughs> no, not in the Midwest. No, no Midwest. Not in the Midwest. Like, like we only get eight days a year of weather that I can wear this. So yeah. enjoy it, ladies. <laughs> You know you've uh, this, been dying for it all winter. But this is uh, the follow-up album from Sincere Engineer. Uh, remind me, this is like their second album, right? Third. They, she had third. she had one. Yeah, it's just it's just her um, with the background band, right? Um, but she had another one before. Bless my psyche. Oh yeah, Ro- 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 Robinthian, something like that. Yeah, I remember it not being very memorable. So I, I, I don't recommend that one, but yeah. you know, bless my psyche was pretty good for what it bless was. Bless my psyche was pretty good. Yeah. I, I know you, you said that you re-listened to it this past week just to kind of in preparation yeah. for this album. I did too. And just reminded mm-hmm. me how much I really liked that album. That, that yeah. album ended up being like the number nine, I think. Uh, it was a top 20 album for me, for sure. Yeah. It was a top 10 but for it was, me. It was one of those things where you're listening to it and you're like, this next album is not going to do much more than this. You know, and and maybe the songwriting is going to get better or or stay as good, but so far I'm not feeling it. It was cheap for grills. me. It was pretty on par. I've listened to it <clears> twice <throat> now, um, and you know I'm going to listen to it the rest of the week. But like at least my for my initial impression, it seemed on par, and I think that's kind of what I expected. I don't even remember if I listened to if there was any singles that came out uh, for this one. I'm sure I did. I just probably don't remember it, but. Uh, uh, the only standouts for me were track five fireplace and track seven inside my head and inside my head is like a, has like this cool kind of manic, like just stream of consciousness type of chorus, which I think fits really well with what the theme is on that, of that, of, of that song. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty neat, sincere engineer stuff. And like, I, I and I, I was hoping for at least something that was on par with uh bless my psyche uh, at least even with the album right. art of bless my psyche it's, it's so brilliant you know it's you, you just look at it, it's like okay that's just a trunk with flowers and you look very carefully like oh my god that's her fucking coffin Faces i love it. it but now it's just like Buried oh cool this old man's bulge is already giving me a bad taste in my mouth you know pun intended. i'm gonna say that that's like a 30 30 year old man right there yeah because there was no uh there was no gray on that that chest hair that's true yeah i mean dad bods are kind of like have been kind of in for the last like you know five years or so so, so this is a 23 year old man <laughs> yes very possible <laughs> i mean i'm right there with daniel with the two tracks he shouted out code mm-hmm. orange is a great song yeah and then library book broken bindings i think is a really good song but man the first five tracks here are 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 rough and it doesn't close that well either so after four listens I like I, there's three three tracks. Yeah, like, it's got a well, solid. It's got a solid middle. Like it's got a solid middle chunk, which I, which I think is Maybe. like really the highlight of the album. But you're right. Like it starts kind of 
okay it ends kind of okay there's nothing particularly wrong with the album it's just kind of and all right like the the closing track like i like baseball that's like way too many baseball <laughs> metaphors going on here and i mean throwing in stuff about like like the cubs and stuff obviously yeah you know she mentioned something about you know you know beating cleveland 4 to 3 I was like, oh, I remember the Cubs doing that in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> and she's from Chicago, right? I think you had said that before. Yeah. 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 This is all Chicago all the time. Yeah. She's a um, dental hygienist from Chicago, I think, was her think interview so. with Shane. I don't know if she's a hygienist or an actual dentist, ah. you know, doctor. It's very possible she's one of those. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't foresee this being too great in the long term but we'll see i get yeah. a few more listens see where it falls but you know if you need week. some songs about you know old young millennials or older gen zers kind of like lost, struggling struggling and lost at, yeah you know, at a bar i mean i guess it's there I mean, yeah was it written for us no but <laughs> yeah but there's there is at least with bless my psyche like there's a lot of like universal themes that uh you could latch on to and like really paint your paint a picture for yourself and your own life into some of those songs these are a little bit more specific which i think is making me struggle a little bit with connecting right. to the songs even though i like some of the songs like we should buy a mattress together because then we're like a real couple <laughs> like i mean those are things that we do have to deal with as a grown-up eventually yeah do i want to listen to someone sing about it not really <laughs> a little bit. anyway but i'm sure gonna it's spend a something with her dentist money <laughs> exactly Adam, tell me a little bit more about you two oh. in the '90s. Okay, well, I don't recommend the '90s at all, or 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 2000. This is we're 0 for four here <laughs> with what I'm well, going to talk about. Yeah, so, I mean, let's let's start off as the front. The '90s, save for a couple examples, awful decade, just fucking awful. Like a sex pest was president. <laughs> well, we didn't know that at the time. Maybe we did know that at the time. I don't know. A sex pest was president. <laughs> You know, the fucking Berlin fashion. Wall came down. The Berlin that, Wall that, that came down. ruined yeah. everything. Yeah. We wouldn't have this Ukrainian problem right now if it would have just stayed up. Exactly, Jeez. right? <laughs> yeah, the, the army would have just stayed at that wall and then Ukraine would be like, what, motherfucker? You can't, yeah. you can't climb a wall. wall up. So, anyway, Octung Baby was written right around that time. There's a lot of <laughs> themes. <laughs> gotcha. But anyway, what more about the 90s, Mike? Tell me more about. Oh, well, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the fashion was fucking awful and it's back. <laughs> And that makes me sick to my yeah. fucking stomach. I Dr. Mean, Martin's, as Mike's daughter once put them. Exactly. Doc, <laughs> Mr. Dr. Martin. <laughs> she only calls it that because we call it that to, to, as a joke. But uh, what do you, uh, but yeah, the, the fashion was fucking awful. The TV was awful. And, you know, be, growing up in the 90s as a young kid, I thought the humor was pretty funny because it, the humor was an answer to the very conservative, like, 70s and 80s. But, like, it went way too far. And I think looking in hindsight it's like oh my god the fucking humor of the 90s fucking sucked you know we had the bloodhound gang and <laughs> <laughs> i mean the late 90s were a whole other beast oh of course which we could obviously talk the about 90s just right kept now. trying to like one up each other after each year yeah. it was fucking awful but like, uh, and then and then 2001 happened and whatever the music i mean then, then we talk about the music on the other hand where yeah you know someone actually we had really, like a really couple good. good grunge albums and then everybody else that th thought they could do that and it's like hey right. fuck stop it <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh 
1991. <laughs> Sorry, rant over. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember I mentioned how Rattle and Hum from 1988, the band was like, hey, we just started finally listening to blues music. Right. And this is fucking awesome. Cultural so let's, appropriation. Let's, yes. <laughs> yes. So we really want to make an album that's kind of bluesy and throw in a lot of like that, those kind of themes and have B.B. King show up on a song and make one of the most incredible songs Adam's ever heard. If anybody wants to listen to that song, go right ahead. It's great. Um, but the critics, Mike, the critics didn't like it. They were like, U2 is an Irish band. They should not be trying to sound like American Southern music. They should just sound <laughs> like a dance. Where's my river dance? <laughs> so for some reason, U2 heard those criticisms, even though they, this album made millions of dollars and the tours were huge and epic and everything. But but they made that they made the, the, the movie that went along with it. And Roger Ebert said, I don't like this movie. And so <laughs> they were like, oh, man, we need to recreate our everything about us. Music is moving in a different direction. The 90s are here, guys. The I 90s. I fucking love the 90s. Right. Everything that we knew about writing music. Let's throw it out the window. Okay, let's just, you know what we should do? The Berlin Wall is coming down. Um, you know, let's let's go to East, or let's go to Germany in the midst of the Berlin Wall coming down and start writing this album. You know what we should do? Oh man, there's, there's, there's a dance hall that was owned by the Nazis. We should rent out that dance hall and record our album. Like this is the best idea that you can ever think of and they were just like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And then they went in the middle of the fucking winter and they realized, oh, shit, the middle of the winter, Germany is really shitty. <laughs> and yes, the, Berlin the ghost of these down. Nazis tell us this. <laughs> so the band started writing this album and became incredibly despondent um, over the course of time. And nothing was coming from these uh these sessions they thought let's be in a nazi hall no that was a bad idea all it made them think about was how awful it was to have like lived during the nazi time and so the band was like completely creatively bankrupt for a lot of this and um they they kind of worked on some things um the band almost broke up like bono and adam clayton had like a lot of fights during this time the edge was like having all sorts of marital issues at this time. So, but finally the edge started playing the guitar lick for the song one, which is one of the, the most famous U2 songs. I'm not sure if you know it so well, since you've, you, you've, I guess heard U2, but you don't kind of know which songs are U2. Yeah, anything <laughs> prior insight, to right? a beautiful day is a, is a yes. blank spot for me. Right. So, the track one is is a is a ballad and it's basically written about this time period and the band going through really really hard times and the song is all about their relationship you, you listen to it and you think it's about like a a marriage kind mm -hmm. of like slowly falling apart but it's really more about that but a friendship at least, is just a marriage that you don't have sex with sometimes like you and me well, we have a lot of sex, but <laughs> <laughs> so they brought in this guy. Let's see. What is it? Okay. So 
anyway, sorry, I the, didn't mean the, to throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> the musical, the music for this album is weird. They were like, we need to do something completely different because we're you too. And we need to make music that we haven't done before so that, I don't know, the critics like us or something like that. So it took on a whole new, let's reinvent ourselves kind of thing. So there's some, some really bad songs on this album, but it's also a, let's try, let's reinvent our personas. Let's do all of these interesting, weird, new things that everybody's going to catch on to because they get it because the, 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 the public is smart and they're, they're going to get that. We're just talking about characters that are playing these songs and not like me, Bono writing these songs. It sounds so, like they've gotten too big at this point. There's, but this is where all bands reach. They're like, yeah, sure. we just wrote the, we just wrote the Joshua tree, 25 million albums later. And then we wrote an album that the critics didn't like that we loved. So what do we do now to stay right. relevant? Right. Um, we're going into a new decade. This was before grunge had taken off because like all the grunge yeah. stuff. You came said this out. was 91. Yeah. And the okay. grunge albums all took off in September right. of 91. This album came out in November of 91. So there's still like a, there's not like an existential crisis on that level, mm -hmm. but it's also a, we need to do something different, but man, these songs are weird and not good. And I, I mean, one I think is a really good song, Mysterious Ways. Like, it's all right, it's all right, all right. Oh. She moves in mysterious ways. I know that, that song. That song was like everywhere in the early 90s. Did Adam have any idea it was a U2 song? No, he didn't. I never knew. Like, I knew of U2. I knew that they were like this big giant rock band that like, that, that, that was untouchable and I was probably never going to listen to. And then, like, when I went to see them live in 2002, they, he comes out with that fucking guitar riff at the beginning. Like, that's an iconic guitar riff. Yeah. I, again, I saw this live. No idea that that was a U2 song. And then they went into that song. I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking amazing. Because <laughs> I always, like, I always kind of liked that song. You know, it wasn't, like, the most In my previous song ever. place of employment, that song played at least three times a day and the over the speaker work radio of course of course so those are like the two big standout tracks but man this this album just goes it's it's just it just kind of flatlines they're trying to do something different with the the electronic elements here but everything is just kind of at this very low kind of pace mm. um and then you got a track called acrobat that's really really good and a track called Ultraviolet, which is which is a really good track. So the album ends up kind of redeeming itself by being like a five out of twelve. Ooh. There at the end, like those last three tracks, really, really kind of build it back up again. Um, but yeah, but this is where I first remember hearing about U two as being this like giant band mm -hmm. that was like on this whole other level than anybody else. So like I just distanced myself. Nobody I knew was listening to them or anything. You'd hear those songs on the radio every, every so often. Right. But I never looked back. So, but yeah, Actung Baby was written in Germany at this, uh, at this Nazi dance hall. What does Achtung mean? Action. Action? So it's like, you know, a director saying action. Action, baby. But in German, but it's in German. <laughs> yes. So, Nazi um, imagery. My favorite type of imagery. <laughs> Thank you, Bono and you too. Right. 
But they thought with the wall coming down and being in Germany right around that time that it was going to be this uplifting, unifying spiritual experience that just like never, ever came. So I always thought that that was that was funny. I thought that that was a huge swing and miss. Yikes. Big yikes. 1991. (laughs) Big yikes. (laughs) Yeah. So then. Then 1991 kind of hits and and popular music takes on a whole different direction. Nine Inch Nails releases Pretty Hate Machine. Mm-hmm. That album for techie, production-oriented, ambient music kind of people, like that that album and Downward Spiral just like goes bananas. All of the hair, hair metal bands, they listened to Nirvana and Pearl Jam and yep. were like, oh my God, we need to make a change now. Yep. And they went in that direction to differing degrees of success by differing you mean they all sucked (laughs) but for me they were my my favorite albums from those bands (laughs) (laughs) so for you too they started working with the producer flood who was who worked with trent reznor for most of trent reznor's existence and was and Depeche Mode. So there's like a very Depeche Mode slash Nine Inch Nails vibe that kind of comes into Zuropa, which comes out in 1993. Now, so Zuropa really is not as. So it sounds like, you know, they're kind of trying to ape the popular style of the year or of the time or of the era. So does that mean they changed their name from You Too to Me Too? Hashtag. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but I was trying to, trying to make it. Anyway, continue your story. They bad, could have. They could have jokes. done that probably. And it would have made sense. And they actually, between Zuropa and Pop, they released an album under a different name. And I can't remember that. Oh, but really? it was purely all just, just electronic stuff with hardly any vocals that, um, yeah, that, 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 doesn't get mixed into the U2 discography because of that very reason, but it's all them working with, with, with flood. Um, So yeah, Zuropa is like, okay guys, we, we, I mean, again, Octum baby, huge album for them sold millions. The tour, like this is where they started doing like the gigantic tour kind of things. And also being like, we're going to play these characters (sighs) and everybody's going to get it. And, and, and like, like we're, we're going to, we're going to pretend to be these big rock stars because we're, you know, we're, we're not big, big rock stars. We're U2, we're Bono. We're, we're just, Edge. we're just we're a n- simple Irish band, Irish, U2. Yeah. No one's heard but we're of gonna us. Pretend, and everybody's going to be like, oh, they're just pretending. These are just down to earth, normal guys. And again, <laughs> me at 11, 12 years old, seeing what they look like on stage. I was like, whoa, these guys are way too big of rock stars. Not interested. Thank you at all. So then Zuropa hits and this, this album is really bad. Oh boy. (laughs) It's, it's, there's no guitar work hardly. It's pretty much all synthesizers during this time period. Larry Mullen, the drummer, like was having major issues with his back and could not like practice and perform with the band very Mm. much. So like all the songs are written with, with drum machines and click tracks and stuff like that. So then when they started bringing him in to try to play these songs live, like he wasn't able to kind of recreate acoustically what was being done with the drum machines. Right. So it like 
created all this new added tension. Um, and they basically were like, you know, at this point we should have taken a really long break and kind of reassess what we were, <clears throat> what we were doing as a band. But the edge was like, but, but I was going through a divorce at the time. And the last thing I wanted to do go home. was, was go home and not be in the studio. I've so they there, just like, baby. Yeah. <clears throat> so everything was just powered through, powered through, powered through. This album is so bizarre. Like it's basically let's write some songs for the, for the club kids in Eastern Europe. Like if you want to think about what a early nineties, uh, techno scene in Eastern Europe. I mean, I'm talking like Czechoslovakia or fucking Amsterdam or something like that. It's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you listen to this and like every single track, I don't even know how to describe it because I, I heard this sound of like techno music throughout the nineties when you're like driving home from somewhere yeah. between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. on K-Rock, like this is the music <laughs> that they would play. And it was like, like all that kind of stuff. And, <clears> and it really was just to wake up the driver so that they don't fall asleep at the wheel <laughs> at that late of an hour. Much. Pretty much. So that's what it is. The, the track Numb, like I remember seeing that video on pop-up video and just again being like, wow, U2 is a band that's just like not for me because of this like way techno-ish kind of vibe that's going on here. Lemon is again bizarre. Like if you just turned on that track and you hear that opening riff from the synthesizer, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> and then Bono's just singing over Lemon, what a sour fruit. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> so it's I'm on their Wikipedia page right now and they've got like little samplets of these. <laughs> Lemon is fucked, dude. What a weird fucking track. So the rest of the tracks are kind of like that. Really? And and then The Wanderer featuring Johnny Cash. Like you got nine tracks of 45 minutes of music of this. And then out of nowhere, Johnny Cash shows up. Bono is not on this song <laughs> at all. Oh, really? Johnny Cash sings the entire thing. Apparently, it was a U2 song and then they were hanging out with Johnny Cash and they're like, Hey, you want to try to sing the song? And he did it. And it's fucking amazing. Like it's a great song with Johnny Cash singing. I've never listened to really any other Johnny Cash songs other than like the big singles that are out there. So the lesson from- here is that like Johnny Cash, cause this has, this has happened once before where he's covered nine inch nails hurts. That's right. And that yes. became the definitive version of that song. So right. and I this think was Johnny Cash should just ten... cover other people's music. He probably should. And then you look up his discography and oh boy, does it go on for days and yep. days and days. But it's a really interesting track at the end of this bizarrely techno album that I don't recommend anybody listen to at all. But man, Flood, he he mixed all of these albums or all of these these tracks and yeah, this is just where they thought they were going. And it was this big thing where like, if you weren't saying, if you were a band in the early, in the mid nineties and you weren't saying that electronic music is the future and that's where we're taking our band, then it was almost like you were deemed as like old fashioned passe kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I remember hearing stuff like that in the nineties and being like, but I don't, I don't want electronic music so much. Like now I can like listen to it and be okay with it. But this was like just way too much experimentation 
and it fell flat. And I can imagine like, oh, I, if you're a U2 fan, you're like, I really like, I still haven't found what, I, what I'm looking for. I'm going to check out the new U2 album. And it was this. You'd be like, oh my God, I just paid $24.99 for this. <laughs> Very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and, you know. and you always want to applaud a band that like takes a big swing, even if it's like a miss, right? But, so, but it sounds like they just shouldn't have gone in this direction at all. And the, the icing on the cake was af- at the end of The Wanderer featuring Johnny Cash. Like the track ends at four minutes and 41 seconds. And then at four shortly thereafter it's like dead air and then all of a sudden it's a ringing alarm that just starts going off in your ear and it's the ringing alarm used to alert disc jockeys of dead air so you know that really annoying so that's how the album ends for 30 solid seconds (laughs) so if you don't like get your next album queued up then you're stuck hearing that. And you're yeah, like, God oh, forbid, God. if in the 90s, you know, you were wealthy enough to have a CD player that had like the disc changer in the trunk. And like, mm-hmm. you couldn't, what are you going to do? Pull over, get into your trunk and like fucking change the CD? You can't do that. Hopefully you had the, the remote. Because remember, there was a there remote, was a remote. That you kept next to you if it didn't fall down between the seats. I grew up know. poor. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it wasn't it, it wasn't a wireless remote. It was wired to that CD player in your trunk underneath the floorboards. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> so, so needless to say, in 1997 when, you know, pop music is just at its utter disgusting. Oh my god, that's a long like wait for the next album. Right. Right. And again, in 1995, they released what they called the Originals soundtrack, which, oh, they renamed themselves Passengers. So it is the band. It is the band that is also in U2. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It is everybody. It's mostly um, just instrumental stuff. From what I heard, there's not a lot of lyrics in it. And it was basically like tracks that they kind of made to be in movies, like random movies from other countries, like Japanese movies, German movies, Italy, Italian movies. Um, So yeah, they, I think it was a good idea to not put this under the U2 name (laughs) because it would have really even further alienated the crowd. Um, So, so I guess kind of for anybody listening out there, um, it's probably the equivalent of like AFI to like black audio. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I, since I haven't listened to Black Audio, I can't judge too much. Well, I guess Black Audio has like more awesome. lyrical songwriting stuff. It's not so much instrumental, but like Black Audio is very like synthy, dark, mm-hmm. new wave stuff. To you know, AFI's originally punk and now alternative rock stuff. Right. So then you got pop. Now I remember pop coming out, or I remember pop being a thing in 1997 and again being like there is no way this band is for me at this point um but this is where they take that we're pretending to be rock stars thing to its zenith and they just continue to assume that the crowd is getting it they're like oh this band is so down to earth so they need these giant stage sets they need to come out dressed in bizarre things they need to play these characters because it's part of the story and (laughs) um 
so this is where like interest in the band started to really wane because it had just gone too far. Again, it started in 91 by 97. Again, pop music had gone leaps and bounds from where it was, where it was at, in the early nineties. Yeah. I mean, pop music in the nineties really was about big personalities, big groups, you know, even in the groups, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, you got the shy one, the sexy one, the <laughs> yeah, non-threatening right. bad boy, you know? And so right. were they, is that what they were going for? So they were like, yeah, let's just pretend to do that. And everybody's going to just have a good chuckle and get it. And our music, our, our weird synthy music is going to just be taken at a positive face value. Um, so they so were again, doing flood. like a commentary on pop. Yes. Superstars? In hindsight, okay. in hindsight, that's what they were doing. Did anybody get it? No, <laughs> we all just thought Bono was just this like douchebag rock star that like was way too ego driven and full oh. of himself. So yeah, you know, but, so so, like, I, I think it's coming full circle when you had first talked about this and, you know, I was doing my dumb impression of what of South Park's impression of Bono. Is yes. this the era that they were making fun of? Well, that one was a few years removed. Okay. Because it, so there was still like carried over into them kind of like coming back down to earth for the album following pop. But, you know, Matt Parker and Trey Stone are going to amp that up even oh, more sure, so of course. because he, he's still on stage being his like yeah, politically yeah, yeah. like, yeah, it's still like, I love everybody and all you got to do is love each other and everybody will be so happy. He's still that Bono. <laughs> right. But in the late 90s, it was weirdly bizarre and. Yeah, they were like, we're going to make a stance against capitalism, baby. We're going to have, we're only going to have half and half a golden arch <laughs> instead of like the two golden arches. <laughs> and everybody's going to just get it. Everyone's that it's like, going to get it. It means, it means that capitalism is the enemy. So go. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Sure, Bono. Has he, so, have you found any interviews or anything where he like reflects on this era? Mm-hmm. Oh, you have? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm more reading about it, you know, as they were right. like, okay, we went way too far in the pop era. So let's strip it back down. And that's why the next album became kind of like their comeback gotcha. album. But I love reading about it at the time because they were completely oblivious to it. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like the audience was oblivious to it too. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were equally oblivious, but not me because <laughs> I wasn't listening. I, I knew, I knew better. Yeah. <laughs> I was smarter. I was really smart. Um, so yeah, I mean, you got your opening track here, Discotech. I mean, it, you, if you want a track called Discotech, this, you listen to this song and you're like, yep, that is a track called Discotech that for some reason Bono <laughs> is singing Discotech. <laughs> oh my God. They've gone like full unhinged and I'm here for it, dude. Right. But they thought they would change it up by throwing a few more ballads, I guess, into this one. So, um, yeah, like if God will send his angels is just like a normal U2 kind of ballad staring at the sun. I remember that track, seeing a video for that one way back when not being too super excited about it, you know, in hindsight, all these years later, it's, it's a pretty good song. Um, but man, then like the rest, the next four tracks, I mean, that's like 16 to 20 solid minutes of just like, it's all Mm. like super slow techno kind of stuff that is really bad um but then the last the last three tracks redeem this album it's surprising um i i 
I don't know how to put it because it's still got a very electronic vibe. It's definitely not like a rock band mm-hmm. doing these songs, but they're they're pretty dark, cool songs there at the end. So I kind of enjoyed it. Again, gave this one a five out of twelve. The story behind the stage production is a lot more interesting than the album. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, so it's just basically it's the case of like the execution not following up with the concept. Right. Right. So yeah, the band, like th- this was probably their worst selling album. And again, by 97, people were kind of done with U2 and all of their stuff. So like I, from, from what I remember, U2 like really didn't exist very much in my psyche for most of, for most of the nineties. It was just mm-hmm. like a random video here, a random thing here. Um, so that's why I was more than surprised in 2000 of all times that I turn on my VH1 in the morning like I usually do, and there's like there's Bono talking to the VH1 DJs on my top 20 countdown, and they were like, "All right, guys, we're gonna debut the new U2 song." And by this point, I had I had I, I was listening to the Greatest Hits album, and I was like, "Oh well, U2 had some good songs way back when, mm-hmm. but there's no way they're ever gonna be as big as they were uh, back then or write good songs like Sunday Bloody Sunday." So they were like, "All right, here it is." beautiful day the, the the video for the first time ever which is somewhere in october of 2000 right around my birthday i think mm-hmm. <laughs> um they I was, always and put out albums I, on your birthday <laughs> <laughs> so i remember watching that video i remember hearing that song for the first time i remember thinking wow what a terrible song there is no way in hell this band is going to get popular off of this song. And Bono was just like, all right, guys, I need you to take this song to number one on the VH1 countdown. Like, hey, he's not doing big pop star Bono anymore? No, now he's, he's just dressed. He's he's saying it very sarcastically. Oh, okay. I remember he's that. He's playing being up like, the, the, the TRL-ness yeah, of it, right? Okay. Exactly. But at the same time, you still kind of sense that he wanted it to go to number one, but he didn't care if it went to number one, but he's like, it was that kind of thing. And I was like, no, if this band is done, beautiful day is going to bury this band. Like we're never going to hear from this again. And then it was just like, like it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I'm like, the song fucking sucks guys. Why are we listening to this? And you know, in 2000, I was at, I was at the, the, the highest point of musical. Right. You were also at your smartest at 20 years old. Always. And remember what came out just a couple weeks earlier chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water <laughs> chocolate starfish <laughs> so that was blowing up everywhere right and then this song hits and starts blowing up everywhere as well oh, lord and i'm just like i do not understand music in the year 2000 i know like, the- if you thought the 90s were weird <laughs> fuck the year 2000 was just the weirdest most tone deaf fucking inconsistent <laughs> fucking era of music ever exactly but a, a, a conscious step back from whatever the hell that was. And even if you listen, if you see that Simpsons episode from like, I don't know, 98, 99, that U2 is on briefly and like, they're all wearing, you know, funky sunglasses. Right. Bono's wearing like a, a shirt that's just, that's a muscle shirt of just like muscles. Right. Yeah. And they all have like tight pants on <laughs> and, and like earrings and everything. And I'm like, that's not you two, but in the late nineties, that was you two. Cause 
you know, they kind of just toned it back. And th- that's what they did. They were like, we, we're going to take it back to the simplicity of writing like normal music, which this album is awful. Don't get me wrong. I still don't like most of it. Awful, but you say. It, All right. It brought it brought them into the public consciousness again. Now, um, now, 20 plus years later, you still don't like the song Beautiful Day? I I don't like Beautiful Day. I don't like Stuck in a Moment You Can't Get Out of. I like Elevation. That's a cool song. That was a um, single too, right? Yeah. Okay. And there's a track on here called Wild Honey. That's pretty cool. But it's like a three. <laughs> oh. And I, I didn't listen to this album. We own this album, obviously, like everybody else did. Mm-hmm. It was in my house. I remember trying to listen to it before I went to that show in 2002 and just like not following through on it. But I was so happy when new singles came out after Beautiful Day because that song got played way too much. Yeah, I apologetically love the song Beautiful Day. I just think it's a oh, nice, wholesome yeah. song. It's like a nice, wholesome, wholesome, non-threatening song that you can that I think it we can all relate to it's just like hey we all have our like bad days but like there's a, today's a beautiful day now and it, it you yeah go. you can say you can think that it's like rote or whatever you know written for the masses so it like it's it's just super non-threatening but like i just i just think it's a very well executed song it was definitely not what i needed at the time and then of walk course. on won all the grammys that year surprisingly a poorer walk song on. Um, so there's not too much about this album to get excited about, unfortunately for me. So this was a really dead era for this band. Mm. Um, I'm sure most people had this album. This is when I saw them on the tour. They played a handful of these songs at that show. Um, but yeah, I, I never wanted to really like jump much further into, uh, U2 even after this, but, um, I gotta say the rest of the albums from here big step up ah you know, the 2000s were good to to you two then huh in my opinion and i will delve into them more next week um i have a story about how to dismantle an atomic bomb oh really you've both. seen oppenheimer as well <laughs> um both personally and the album <laughs> you were on the manhattan project is what you're trying to say yes <laughs> right and what's funny is that I went back and I was listening to 2014 episodes when Songs of Innocence came out and all of the debacle of that album. Oh, we, all, from we all dunked on it, yeah. And I, I, I mentioned briefly that like I that I owned one U2 album, mm-hmm. and I remember you saying like, "Was it the Joshua Tree? Was it the Joshua Tree?" Like all all condescending, and I was like, "No, how to dismantle an atomic bomb?" <laughs> <laughs> that made me cool at the, in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> My mom owned the Joshua. Tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my mom's album. <laughs> so, no, but, Atomic, but I, that's the one with the one, two, three, fourteen. In there, yes, right, okay. But he, but if you listen closely, he does say once, doce, trece, catorce. Does he? 11, 12, I'll have to re-listen 14. to that again. I know. I, I was surprised too. I didn't realize it until I re-listened to the album. Um, but. I say on that episode in 2014 for our longtime viewers that I have an interesting story about why I own that album. Oh, I'd love and to then hear it. I, I don't tell the story ever again. And it's been <laughs> nine years. And wow. I think it's time. <laughs> See, we, we are, we are rewarding people's patience and loyalty for the show. Now you're finally going to give the conclusion to whatever episode <laughs> that was. 
on four and yes. episode four fifty one. Stay tuned, folks. Don, dance, Donald, dance in the trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's I awesome, man. That's that. a fascinating kind of you know look back at the at the nineties era. Overall, it doesn't seem like it was very successful Weird. music wise, but you know right. they've at least tried to keep themselves relevant in a odd time for music yes because I, I always thought that was so weird listening to this and being like man imagine if you only heard the joshua tree and you're like i still haven't found what i'm looking for that's a great song and then like oh u2 has a new album here in 1997 oh man it's only 24.99 <laughs> and then you just you turn on discotheque and it's just like discotheque i want to take a ride on the discotheque it's it's a bizarre wave for this band, but the New songs wave. like this is um, stuck in a mo- moment you can't get out of. The, the that album is called "All That You Can't Leave Behind." It's definitely the safest album of their entire discography. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was like a good comeback for them because it brought them back into the uh, public consciousness. And it opened them up to be in iPod commercials in 2004. So that uh, worked. There we go. Yeah, the iPod <laughs> era of U2. <laughs> yep, yep. 2004 and 2009. Sowing the seeds of Songs of Innocence. Yes. So anyway, I'm going to look forward to re-listening to those four albums. And I'll cover the next two decades next week. Awesome. Well, speaking of decades, man, we've got uh, we got some music from the past coming up if you want to you know stay subscribed and stay tuned in to the skinny with mike and adam it's been a long time coming and uh you know it's, it's been more than three months but it is time now to jump back in to the greatest song in the world adam yes let's do that next week yes finally there's a lot of songs i wanted to do over the last three months mm-hmm. that i had kind of planned out and thank then you for I your patience I knew what my October song was going to be. Nice. Preparing for Creeper. Nice. Um, but now we'll just jump right into that and I'll cover the other ones another month. That's right. Yeah. The 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 the, the Creeper uh, the Creeper relation is going to be coming up pretty soon too cuz also yeah. Uh October, uh just to remind people or if, if you're just jumping in, uh we got a busy busy review month for 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 October. You know, we um, I guess we, we were planning on listening to The Deer Hunter, but I guess that was just a re-release of a, you know, <laughs> the 2013 album that nobody likes, except for The Deer Hunter. <laughs> uh, but uh, October 13th, Friday the 13th, we got a couple big albums here, big big anticipated albums. We got Sanguivore by Creeper. Mm. We've got Some of It Was True by The Menzingers. My God, the long-awaited Ooh. sequel to um, um, Hello, Exile. Hello Exile. Good God. Highly, I mean, you, and like, you haven't heard you haven't heard their most recent song, right? No, but uh, you guys were saying good things, I believe. Mm-hmm. Next, the following week, uh, story told, mundane magic, uh, yeah. closure in <laughs> Moscow. This also is coming out sometime after that. I've got the date October twenty fifth here, which is a Wednesday, right. which sounds weird, but I guess the album's already been done, and I guess maybe this might be the digital release and the vinyl release. But either way, that album's coming out. Soft hell, so it's got to. It's got to. No, October twenty seventh. Good God, take plan well, to take the heard, day off. You just you you just missed another October twentieth album that Did was I? announced this week. Oh, this week? 
What is it? Blink 182. Blink 182. My God, the date is out. That's right. I heard that that uh, that that song that they just released too. Really, really good song. Like, I, man, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I'm too. Surprised that it's that good. Okay. I, I was just planning on listening to the new album out of obligation, but you know, with mm. the you know with Tom DeLonge coming back, I wasn't like super excited because the Tom DeLonge albums right. don't hit very hard for me. But you know, those guys have been evolving their music sound over the past. 70 right. years you know however long they've been around but uh but it, it sounds <laughs> least, like this is going to be something special so i'm kind of looking I forward to this so. new blink album you're right yeah thank, thank you for the reminder seven, 17 tracks did i read that right uh yeah i got Whoa. some fucking points coming my way motherfucker <laughs> so i'm super right. excited about that yeah blink 182 thank you for the reminder uh, so that way we, we're not stuck with a story told. <laughs> uh, but the 27th, good God, plan to take the day off because we've got a uh, history book we've, by the Gaslight Anthem. We've got Zig mm. by Poppy. We've got 152 mm. by Taking Back Sunday. And I guess we'll throw in mm. Bloodletter by The Wolf and the Bear. <laughs> the famous children's storybook I mean, of Wolf and Bear. The only one that matters in that mix is Poppy Zig. I know <laughs> all 28 minutes of it. I'm sure. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, that's going to be interesting. The, 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 the singles that she's been releasing have been very different than especially like her hard rock stuff. That's been, mm. I think she's kind of reverting back to kind of electro pop, which is an interesting change in her career path. But you know, she's there's allowed. a whole lore behind Poppy and this might be, the pro the programming is getting reprogrammed back i don't know it, it's fucking it's weird people smarter than me have figured it out by now but <laughs> um, but yeah I, i'm i'm interested in all of that stuff uh very interested to hear what taking back sunday has to say since their last album in 2016 fuck Man, it's been a long time i think it was september for that album too i think so yeah and then you know november has got some interesting albums that we'll be checking out as well but you know good god the October is fucking stacked and like it's we've we got potential for top five albums coming up here. So I don't know, cross our fingers that I they all so. turn out like really, really good. Cause if it doesn't, we're going to be, it's going to be a, a very disappointing year. If the Menzingers and Gaslight Anthem are not in our top fives, like that just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. That's, that, that's not a thing that we can, like I can't live in that world. That's not a reality I want to live in. You're right. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, there, there's some heavy hitters here. This has the potential to be like all of them in the top ten. You know, that's mm -hmm. never happened before. Like all of our top ten albums were released in one month. But hey, crazier things have happened, right? This this year has not turned yeah. out the way that we had hoped. But uh, hey, whatever. There's still chances. But uh, that's gonna right. do it, though. That'll do it for uh, right. our episode this week. Please stay tuned for the greatest song in the world coming up on next week's uh, episode. If you are a member of Discord, or if you would like to join our Discord, the link is in the description below. This coming week, I'm going to be uh, putting out a post on Discord to get your submissions because it's not the greatest song in the world episode without your assistance because you guys honestly make those episodes much better. And those episodes always turn out to be like really big successes uh for the year because uh, even in the in a, in the interim where we've been off for the last uh few months like those episodes were still being listened to according to the analytics so um yeah let, let, let's 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 make the second one a good one you know nice 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 big return to form 
and uh, I've got some ideas of songs that I want to throw out there. I think I kind of get, you know, I, I, I know where Adam is leaning, but uh, I'm still kind of choosing which one mine is going to be. So stay tuned for that. And I hope to hear you guys and hear your picks in the coming weeks. So for my co-host, Adam, I am your co-host, Mike. And like we say, every time we're singing for not this, I, this time we're not singing love songs with our, with our sister. What you doing there, Stepsis? <laughs> now we're just singing songs to some like chick that we're not related to. It's I know. Weird. I know. Do you want to? Do you want to dress in marble and get nude for me? So like for this photo shoot, I got no one else, sis. Yeah. It's like Might brother, well. you're you're a very attractive man. Like, you can't get any other <laughs> woman to to do this photo shoot with you. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. I'm a B-level musician. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta work at movie studios now. 